0: This episode of the Out of Bounds podcast is brought to you by Fisher Skis. with death, in case you're wondering, um, which, by the way, is just water that you remember to put in the fridge um, instead of other water that comes from not inside your fridge. Um, Anyway, this is the Out of Bounds podcast, and my name is Adam Jabber. Uh, We have a friend of mine, uh, somebody that you may also know. Uh, Mike Powell is on the show, and uh, he had me over to his house. We had some meat. And uh, we hung out, and we uh, were a bit of, <laughs> we're a bit of a mess for this one. Um, but uh, <laughs> I love talking to Mike; it's hilarious, and it's also good that we had a mediator there, um, in Adam Sauerwein, um to kind of keep us on track and remember each other's questions and topics. And uh, yeah, this is a fun one. If you don't know Mike, Mike's been in the industry for a very long time. Um, he was the I don't even know what his official title was. I'm sure he says it in the beginning of this episode. Um, But he was a very important person at K2 for a while. Um, And he's like the guy I think of when I think about K2 um, and the people inside. I feel like at that brand, a lot of times you don't necessarily know who's behind K2. And I feel like you always knew that it was Mike. Um, And I think that's really rad. He is such a good voice. He has a great voice. He's a great talker. He's very fun. He's very welcoming. Um, Anyway, enough of, you know, probably blowing Mike's ego up here, but uh, he was very gracious, hosted Adam and I at his house and uh, cooked us some meat and we chatted, chatted about all kinds of stuff. Um, there's some good apologies in here from Mike. Those are cool. Um, there's some good conversation. There's a lot of nonsense. There's chewing, I'm sure. Um, so I apologize. I, I know the audio quality sometimes is all over the place on the show. I'm imagining it's going to be all over the place for real this time. Um, so I apologize. I'm, I'm apologizing again. Um, I, other than Fisher's keys, I opted to not have an additional sponsor for this episode because this episode is kind of just whenever I do it with another ski podcaster (laughs) that was funny um whenever I do an episode with another ski podcaster I feel like it's just a chat like I'm having a conversation it's like very inside baseball it's like maybe not maybe it is what you want to hear maybe it's not what you want to hear but um I leave that up to you guys to determine for yourselves um but I didn't want to put any Sponsors other than fisher who is forced to um love us and appreciate us for the time being um so absolutely check out fisher skis um i'm rambling a bit right now but mike powell worked at k2 for forever he now hosts in my opinion one of if not the best ski podcast um out there he is very if nothing else it is the most versatile ski podcast i would say it's uh He has everybody. It's like not even just a ski podcast. It's an outdoor podcast um, called The Powell Movement, which I just found out recently is a joke on – is a poop joke. You know, Powell, Powell. I didn't really understand that until he gave me the merch and was like, yeah, people don't necessarily want to wear poop jokes on their head. And I was like, oh, that makes sense. Um, So I apologize for the audio quality. I'm going to stop rambling pretty much at this point. Uh, A couple things going on uh giveaways just happened we are very close to hitting 10,000 followers on instagram i think that's very cool and i can't thank you people enough uh that's been that's been amazing Uh, i don't even know how because we're all fools over here like we just want to have fun and play around and be knuckleheads and i am very appreciative that um people are letting us uh letting us keep doing that letting me keep doing that so thank you for that Um, Give us a follow on social if you don't already. Twitter is fun and Instagram is fun. Um, That's that's basically it. Leave a review on iTunes if you get the opportunity. And uh, next week we have Brooks Curran on the show. I'm very excited for you guys to hear that episode because I don't think Brooks has ever done a podcast. Actually, I know Brooks hasn't done a podcast before. And uh, he was awesome on it. So I'm excited for you guys to hear that one. The following weeks, Nicole Handel. We're organized right now, baby. Like we got, we got episodes lined up for weeks and weeks, uh, and I'm very excited about it. I know Adam Sourwine on the Pursuit podcast on Wednesdays uh, has Connor Clayton from uh, Line and Full Tilt on his show this week, so it'll be tomorrow Wednesday. Um, so listen to that. Listen to past episodes with Josh Malchek and uh, Dave Watson if you like the Pursuit. And uh, yeah, we're gonna keep plugging away. Uh, but for now, my apologies. Here is Mike Powell. Mike, uh, <laughs> tell so we people. So cut back in, not to offend your parents, but I said <laughs> that I had three beers
1: very quickly. Adam didn't have any. I had no Adam beers. didn't have any. Yeah. But I, I sure did. And I don't usually have three beers in 30 minutes. But I had one of my sponsor, not your sponsor or your sponsor's yes. beers, the new Pilsner out there, which is amazing. And I'm going to get that out there.
0: That I drive them fast. That we can say, it. and Thank you me. know what? That's that's perfect. Um, Mike, who are you? Tell people a little bit about yourself, other than that, Ten Barrel is a beer sponsor. Of yeah, beers. no, I'm not going to talk who about you, Alpine Vans, yeah, <laughs> or anybody like that.
1: I'll tell you about me, and I uh, know I'm kidding completely, but they do make sick fans But either way, I'm from the DC area. I'm born and raised, and I went to school in southwestern Virginia. And then moved out to Vail, spent a couple years out there, and I was a snowboarder at that point. I mean, I grew up skiing, switched to snowboarding in probably like 94, maybe even no, probably 96, 97. And did that until about 2000, blew out my knee, and then moved back home, had a knee surgery. And while I was rehabbing, I just kept emailing K2 to hire me for this job they had called a K2 ambassador that went ski resort to ski resort and skate park to skate park. Depending on the season. And I got the job. They gave me a big Ford van that was like 12 feet long with like $150,000 in product. And then they gave me a little VW Euro van that was graphic. And they were just like, all right, plan your schedule. Go to shops. Go to every contest. Go everywhere. You're the K2 guy. And I did that on the East Coast for eight or nine months. And it was the best job ever. I made like 18 or 19 grand, which is pretty low, you know, for an yeah, out-of-college job. But I had probably a $30,000 expense budget where if I were go you know going to your town and I didn't want to stay at a hotel, I was going to stay at your house. I could take you to a $150 dinner, and that was cool. And I spent three weeks of the month on the road. My mom would call me when I'd be in New York City, and she'd be like, Michael, there's an 18-wheeler here that has 20,000 pair of flip-flops for you. I'm like, well... Please tell them to put them in the carport because I'm not <laughs> going to be home for two weeks. And then I was the guy who was giving out flip-flops. So I had a pretty sweet job. You know, like everybody really liked the flip-flop guy. Yeah. And we had some other great swag at that point. Then I saw the inline skate team manager job was open. I took a job on that side and got to travel the world with, you know, inline skaters at like the end of the height of that whole thing. And at the same time, I lived with this guy, Ryan Schmies. I was good friends with this guy, Mike Goot. And they were all part of the K2 ski team or a ski program. And when any pro skier would come in town, they'd end up staying at me and Ryan Schmiese's house. And eventually, just through knowing all those guys, I ended up being the ski team manager. And it kind of transitioned over to skiing as it was because snowboarding hurt my knee, like my back knees. Like I still can't get on a heel side edge without it really, really hurting. So skiing feels a lot better. So I'd already switched over to skiing. And the rest is history. I ended up managing the team for... I don't know, like eight or nine years maybe. And then I was the U.S. marketing manager for ski, snowboard, skate, and also the licensing manager for K2 who, you know, had to like pay other people to put our logos on products that we didn't want them to make, but we wanted the money from that. Hmm. So it was a weird thing, but it was kind of put into my lap. And eventually I got sick of not making a lot of money at K2, so I quit that job. I took another job where I was selling... Uh, sponsorships for Oakley at the Olympics. So I got to go to Brazil. I didn't go for the Olympics, but I went beforehand and checked out their safe house and sold a bunch of partnerships for it. And I did really well, but I disliked my boss so much. He was like a miserable, terrible person. So I had to quit, but I was making a lot of money. So it was like, kind of like, do so you suck it up and work with some miserable, horrible human who's going to call you at like eight o'clock and yell about an email that she read that, You didn't even know she was reading your emails as you were sending them. So crazy. So I ended up quitting that job and starting the podcast. But while I was leaving that job, I planned the podcast, launched it with powder, and I had one called Sponsored with Them. But they didn't have the vision to keep that thing going, although it was crushing it. Mm. So I just started my own, the Powell Movement, and I've been going for five and a half years. And we are here in my house today. I've got a wonderful wife and a child that are downstairs. And other than that... um, I guess that's my life in a four-minute nutshell.
0: That's first that of impressive. all. First, first of all, it was over. exactly four minutes. Uh, that was that was crazy. But there's a few things I want to go back on, especially like the early part, right when you're making no money in the ski industry. Like I think that's a thing we should talk about and we should really touch on because people think that they need to get paid all the time and right away and for nothing. And sometimes, like I push this envelope, people getting paid more money, whatever, whatever, a lot. And I, I think it gets the point gets missed sometimes where you want to, like, actually do that shitty job for a little while where you make no money, right? Like, it's important to do that job. And I was wondering if you feel that that job was important for you, like, or if it was just like you could have skipped that part and moved on. Well, I look at it as there's a shit ton of people that
1: want to make it in the industry, right? And right. out of college, I worked at a ski shop. because so I was like, what do I like? What yeah. do I want to do? I got an interview with the Redskins because my uncle is a broadcaster in the D.C. area. And he's like a legend there. Like, he's, he's pretty badass. And I he got me an interview and they didn't hire me, which I guess turned out to be a good thing looking you know forward. But at that point, um, this is where my little brain pause is going to happen. You might have to do a little <laughs> editing.
0: That's okay. I'm going to edit myself, I think, on this one too. Like, I'm, we're in the same boat right now. So it's like... Yeah, it is what it is. If I have to edit or I mean, if I mean, I'm has, not going to be that bad. If Ethan I has feel to edit. Like a
2: moderator at a presidential debate, <laughs> that's
0: what you are. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, dude, like, is is it important to you that you work? like, is there a value in that $18,000 a year job? Because well, people no, so, skip so, past it, right? So
1: where I was going was everybody wants their root into the industry. Yeah, I didn't get a job at the Redskins, which I really wanted at that time. I, I guess I really did because it made me say it in this podcast. But I was still working at the ski shop, and I really wanted this K2 job, and I got this K2 job, and I realized it was the exact same thing, or I realized now, it was the exact same thing as taking a customer service job or a warehouse job or whatever shitty job you can at one of these companies Yeah, and just letting them know who you are. Because if you're passionate about it and you get the job, like I got the job as this ambassador thing, like for me it was great because – K2 was on the West Coast, I was on the East Coast, so I never had to be up earlier than like 11 because there'd be no (laughs) meetings past eight, so that was pretty sweet. And you know, I did all the stuff I did, but I just did it on my own timeline, but it was really my way to work, you know, I learned the marketing angle from that and got my job and saw that there was another job internally. All these companies want to hire internal, they want to hire people that love the brand already and are smart and good, and there's these feeder jobs, which mostly are customer service, but at this point, K2 had an ambassador role. But yeah. if you want to be a sales rep, you can be a sub rep. Or there's, there's many ways to meet the people at the companies, get the jobs. Yeah. And I was like, hey, I'm going to work my way into this industry. I kind of have to figure out a life at this point. I'd done like two years in Colorado. I've blown my knee out. And what am I going to do with my life? Like, I have to make something work. I'm not going to be in the shop my whole life, I don't think, or I don't want to be. and you know, I was able to get that job. So I think that job propelled me to all the other ones. It kind of put me in the cog where I was aware of other jobs that I wouldn't have been had I not taken it. So yeah, it was totally worth it. And it was the best job I ever had in my life. I mean, I made the least amount of money, but I had, you know, like I said, like a $35,000 expense account for like a 25 year old, I could stay in a $150 a night hotel. And if I could do that, that means even if I didn't take my friends out to a hundred and fifty dollar dinner because I was staying at that hotel, I could still eat a fifty dollar dinner on my own, which is crazy. Because yeah. I never would. You know, I'd probably spend twenty bucks on dinner. Yeah. But I could have lobster every night based on this corporate manual I was giving. And this was also late nineties, right? No, this is two thousand I mean, this is two thousand.
2: The year two thousand. Yeah but still, I mean, thirty-five thousand dollars twenty years ago was still. I was making eighteen thousand I mean, dollars. But it. I'm saying with a budget
1: 35,000 was what I got when I got hired into K2 and I moved out to Seattle and mortgaged my life like 8 months later. I was I took 35k for that and I was stoked. You yeah.
2: know, like, I was just I, saying $35,000 went. It still wasn't a lot of money, but it went a lot further 20 years ago than it does now
0: for sure <laughs> but it's not like people are I mean the job has gone up since that point as well right. like it is people are making slightly more money I guess my point is is like everybody wants their in on the industry because they feel I, I don't know if it's that people think that the industry is fleeting like it's a fun thing because every time I'm like okay like there needs to be better opportunities for people to get their foot in the door or to do more Somebody comes out of the woodworks and is like, "Dude, listen, skiing is just about fun, and I choose to work in carpentry because I like to have fun uh, on my skis on the weekends." You know, like people give me that kind of response, and I'm just like, "What the fuck, you like?" There, there are jobs out there that set you up for a successful position in the ski industry without just knowing somebody you know and it's that kind of position it's being a tech rep it's being a influencer it's being a it's something to a company of value you have to be you come in on the entry level yeah. and you know like there's a couple
1: rings and if you're on that entry level ring you're aware of what the next ring is and then if they like you and they hire you you get into that next ring and you keep bumping it up and you know there is something to be said for working to for a job that you really really like given i'm a unique case where i had the sickest jobs that you could possibly have. I was like the team manager. In K2, when I looked at it from the outside, whether it was skate or whether it was ski, like that job is the most coveted job yeah, in the totally. building, right? Like that's what you want to be. Yeah. And I, you know, maybe I wasn't the most qualified to even get it, it was more a personality thing where I just got along with people and get people to do shit. Because that's really what it's about. You know, like yeah. when you're a team manager, your job is to get people to do shit. It doesn't matter how cool, how connected, how good a skier, how anything yeah. you are. You have to get your people to respect you and work with you. And, you know, that's, I believe, what I brought to the table. You know, it's like, I, you know, I mean, I could hang. But, you know, I wasn't there because I was like an athlete. Yeah. You know, I was there because I, I was like I got along with the athletes and could
0: get them to do what we needed them to do. Do you like that connection on that? So that's actually a funny point because I like doing this podcast in a lot of ways because it brings me closer to people that I admire. It brings me closer to the the pro skier I looked up to as a kid, the marketing manager that I think made a great That's It makes me closer to those people without doing those things necessarily. Do you feel that at all, being a podcast host, being a team manager? Like it brings you into that environment, right? Like it brings you to their area i mean mean, with the podcast you
1: just want their podcast to do well and for them to share it but i think as like a team manager it's really cool to see those kids like now like especially just grow you know and even like the mistakes that i made like i dropped michelle parker you know like at a time where she still had like she's still going you know why did you do that
0: like can i ask you that like is that okay yeah
1: well it was we just didn't have the budget i mean we held stuck by her for a couple years after a bunch of injuries yeah and we, you know, at that point, it was just like there wasn't the budget there. We had to move on. I mean, we we did pay her for a while through injuries, and it was like it just kept happening. And it was like, I don't know. It was it a bad decision? Sure. I mean, I'm sure I made good decisions and bad. Everybody
0: decisions. does. I mean, and that's but, a good answer, I think. Like it's just like you made a call based on what it was at the time.
1: And yeah, and uh, and it wasn't even, you know, like when she, when we she wanted to talk about it, I was like, it's not, it's not even worth a conversation. I don't want to hurt your feelings or anything. It's just like. We can't do it, which is probably even worse, like the way I handled it, I'm sure. But, you know, we're friends to this day, and yeah. she had an amazing career from them. And it was funny because right when I dropped her, based on a podcast I did a long time ago, she was getting picked up by Red Bull, and her whole life would change. So,
2: yeah. what do I know? Do yeah. You, do you think you ever look at them, at, instead of, like, humans, they're just, like, numbers? for You mean horses? A <laughs> well, yeah, like... Because I don't like to call them numbers. Well, That's way better, well, calling them yeah. horse. Right. <laughs> But I mean that's what you have to that's your job. Have well I, I look
1: at it like that when you're gambling on competition athletes. You that's that's when they're almost I don't want to say horses, but like you believe in a couple dudes like I believed in Wing Tai Barrymore. That dude is fucking incredible. You see that guy in the half pipe, just the way that guy boosts, he was he goes bigger than anybody. But his problem was he blows up and gets hurt. But like when he didn't, he would win everything. And if he would have not gotten hurt, he could have made the Olympics. And if he would have landed his run, he would have won the Olympics just based on the size that he went. So, like, he was a gamble that was kind of like, I love Wing tie. I hope he's going <laughs> to hang up. But, I mean, he, <laughs> well, that's how he blew, blew both knees. Time. he blew both knees in one hit, like, going 20 feet out of a pipe and pushing off and landing to flat. But, like, he did everything with, like, a motocross style where it was like he was pinning it. And he just, it was amazing. And, you know, so you're gambling on him. Like, I felt like there was definitely, if he, you know, didn't get hurt,
0: there's a chance where he could have taken everything, I feel like. How is that relationship? Like, that job always interests me so much. Even to this day, it's like, it's a job I'd really like to do sometimes. And then sometimes I'm like, eh, I couldn't, like, make that hard decision like that Michelle Parker decision it would be too hard for me to make because I'm soft and I'm a bitch. And a lot of, like, I just, like, wouldn't. I would eat the money. I would end up paying her salary out of my pocket because I'm like, so not, I don't have the stomach for it. I just, I honestly don't. It like hurts my, that's why I wouldn't be in this job. Right. Well, you're Muslim. I'm Jewish. I wouldn't pay the salary out of (laughs) my pocket. Yeah. (laughs) So that's the difference between you and I. So where are we going with this? (laughs) That's, for, that's a great point um, but I don't know dude I just want to know like how's the relationship between you and the athlete
1: when you do that job well they all like you because you're paying them so it's like it's it's a tough one to see do they like
0: you or are they scared of you like that's no the no my they questions. all like
1: I mean but I mean your job everybody's on the same level everybody's a person yeah. and there's human relationships and you don't want them to be scared of you yeah. you want them to be like you know, like I wasn't the one who was probably gonna get someone fucking super fired up at the top of the pipe when it was time for their run to drop in. I'm yeah. not in their face like, oh, we're gonna do this. <laughs> but they could always count on me for other things. And I think, you know, every, we we always got along and I mean, they're they're paid, so they definitely like you, you know, yeah, like, you know, like if it's I'm, bribery. yeah, I mean, at the, you know, but I'm still friends with them all. so I think right. they really do like me in the grand scheme of things. but at that time, I'm paying them, you know, like I'm not gonna bite the hand that feeds me. Yeah. I don't talk shit on, like, the people that pay me, and they didn't either, from what I know.
0: Hmm.
1: Yeah, it's just... So I, I think, but there's, there's genuine relationships. I put people on the team that lined up with my values and morals, but I have no values and morals, so I guess <laughs> I put people on the team Lose that <laughs> I thought would be manageable and great. And that...
2: Sorry, do you think they understood that? Like, when you had to make the cut, like, when you had to cut michelle parker do you think she understood it at the time that was the hardest one but like looking back she probably gets it she was injured but do you think at the time
0: i don't know dude i don't think i would get it i would still be like fuck mike but she's friends with it which is crazy to me and that's a problem but she had so
1: many she had other things going for her that i didn't even know about at that time yeah so like she literally had red bull in her back pocket yeah and she was like tense she's like but, but I'm like, I can't even do butts Like, this is kind of where we had already made our decision, you know? It wasn't like, I'm not the, the final call and all of that, but I am definitely a, a weighted voice. Yeah. And you know, at that time, it's like, it's been two, two and a half years. Yeah. And who knows? And you know, it's that, you know, it's, it's something I feel bad about, but I'm, I'm happy that she was able to put all of that in my face, if per se, with how her career went. So, and is going. Like she's still
0: going. Still going. And she's still like figuring out a way to diversify herself. And I think that's really important. And I guess that's what I think has changed in a lot of ways with with the way athletes market themselves is it's so much more diverse now than I remember it being 10 years ago, right? Like 10 years ago, you'd watch a part and it'd be like Tanner Hall does this thing into this thing. And this is the part, right? Now it's like there's pieces like Michelle riding bikes with Cody and that makes you view her in a different light as a different athlete. Well, it's all personality-based. She is, like, such a fun, awesome person that's
1: inspiring and positive and great. And there's not many people like her. So it was kind of hard to, like, tell her that. But, like, you know, you kind of psych yourself up going into the conversation. Like, I know she's going to try to be like this, and I have to be like this. And, you know, once the decision's made kind of on our end, it's not like I can go back to the big meeting with our group and be like, well, I caved in on the conversation and we're going to have her again next year. You know, it's kind of like we already had the conversation. Yeah. The decision was made, Mike. Right. You know, like, and, you, you know, she turned into probably a few other people that turned in, you know, got on the team. You know, that money right. just went other places. Yeah. And I know she went and blossomed another way. So,
0: yeah, I don't want to harp on. Yeah. No yeah. more Michelle Parker. Like, it's been a Michelle Parker podcast so far, but I... Also a 10-barrel one. Also 10-barrel. Yeah, we're doing really good at promoting things that aren't involved in this.
2: Um, (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um, Real quick to touch on not Michelle Parker, but I think the athletes changed.
1: Are you saying you touched Michelle Parker? Uh, Uh, There we go.
2: Now are we going to the dream world now? (laughs) Let's go back to the things of the athletes. Where were you going? The athlete has changed. When you were managing athletes, I think it was a lot of competition athlete. And they still exist. Yeah. But, Well,
1: I didn't manage that many competition athletes. I made sure I had one or two men, one or two women, and that's about it. But I mean, we had like – I mean, you can see that poster there. That's Chris Turpin, (laughs) Pep Fuhas, (laughs) Seth Morrison, Rory Silva, Mark Abra. And given those weren't all guys I put on the team by any means, but we had like the step crew and like we had all the different – we had a lot of people on our team that weren't contest guys. But we gambled on contest guys. Like, hey, we're going to pick two. We had British Sigourney. Yeah. She did pretty well. I don't think she ever did well on K2 as much as she did elsewhere. But she's still going as well, I feel like. And, I mean, she's like – she skis every year, but she gets hurt a lot. And then she comes back and does well. And, uh, yeah, I don't know where I'm going with this. But next question. Please. Do you <laughs> – If they offer you that job today,
0: right, they offer your old job, pay raise that's appropriate for you, whatever, and you can still do the podcast, do you still like that idea of that job, having a boss, working in K2, is that still something that interests you?
1: Well, I think, you know, I mean, the whole idea of K2 and everything has changed. There's a lot of things that you see in this little office of mine. It's pretty rad, all this history here. Huh? This is amazing. I'm yeah. like,
0: I love this, by yeah, the way. And I, I, should take a couple of pictures before I get out of here because I think it'd be really cool to share with people. Yeah,
1: it's pretty interesting. And so the comp, you know, the K two you're going to see tomorrow, still a great company. Totally different than the red, white, and blue, and like weird and different brand that you see from all the kind of stuff and from my history there. And it was all like that before me. And today they needed to pivot because k2 was dying it seemed like at the end of my tenure yeah and uh you know not dying but it was a bad it was kinda... it was hurting for a while it was yeah. like they were
0: making shitty skis well we I were just making
1: you. too much stuff that was the problem it was like they were like yeah. hey you're gonna have the same budget but instead of just making skis you're gonna make skis bikes boots poles helmets goggles no because bikes was a separate budget yeah but on skis we used to just make skis and then we're like, oh, we'll make poles because we can make the graphic match our skis. It helps our retailers. But then when they were like, we need to double our numbers, they're like, oh, we're going to make goggles. And it's like, why do we have to do that? And then why do we have to blur out other logos? Because the people above us didn't realize that like if Seth has a K2 logo in a K2 ad or no, if Seth has a Oakley logo in right. a K2 ad. Right. That's fine because Seth skis for Oakley. But K2 was not having that. So that gave bad blood, I think, to the athletes with the brand at that point a little bit. And uh, I don't know where I'm going with this as well because I said we've had a, a few – I've had a <laughs> few cocktails. And – Can I ask you about the Seth thing? Were you involved? Like, do you know – I didn't. I had nothing to do with him being dropped from K2. But okay. But it
0: was right when I started my podcast. All right. that's. I knew the time was, like, close enough. And I just wanted to know, like, because I still think that that dude's one of the coolest people ever. But he's so weird that I'm, like – I just don't... Is he weird
2: or just mysterious, though?
1: He's mysterious, I feel like. Which
2: makes you think he's weird. I don't know. But maybe he's just more normal than all of us and wants just a normal And as I put him
1: on a pedestal... Dude, I I think you're exactly right, man. He... The thing with him was, like, the problem with his pro career was, like, dude... He'd be like, dude, I've got, like the season and then when that's done cuz he skis all season as much as he possibly can and then he's like then i've got these 4 days i have to do for Oakley these 6 days i have to do for K2 i'm flying around doing these stupid photo shoots you know like <laughs> getting this makeup put on me and he's like and all i want to be doing is riding my mountain bike and he's a dude like when he rides his mountain bike like if he cuts himself he goes back to his hotel and he takes dental floss and he sews himself back up and he gets <laughs> fucking back out there he doesn't like go to the hospital that's just like You're putting the fucking on a tiny kind of dude pedestal. that he is he's a bad motherfucker and like ski wise like you don't ski with him you like try to keep up and you don't and he just keeps going if you're doing backcountry or cat stuff like i guess he has to kind of wait for you at the end you know where everybody can get in the cat but like when you're just <laughs> taking laps in veil vale with seth you, you lo- he loses you right away and it's not that he's a dick he's just so into it yeah. And talking about i remember having a conversation about him talking about pro skiers and i think he was talking about God, one of the dudes from Whistler, the guy, Greg uh, Long Ponytail. It doesn't matter what his name was. But he was like, dude, that guy's not pro. He's like a carpenter in the summer. Like, <laughs> I'm a fucking skier. He's like, that's all I do is ski. Like, I'm a professional skier. And he's like, takes that shit seriously. And I think he was very, you know, mysterious in, in his ways.
0: So but what a impression. rad dude. And he's driven.
1: And he was professional. You're putting him
0: on a higher pedestal for he's me. Like, I already think he's the best, and he's he on a
1: super high pedestal. Yeah. Yeah. That's... And he deserved it. And the way he treated like his career when he cared about it. Yeah. Because there was a point where he was like the best in social, and he was all over it. Like early on, he yeah. was like putting stuff out there. But then I think he just got sick of the whole thing and sick of the game. And then when K two like whatever happened there, I don't. I mean, it, that happened, and yeah, I think he was kind of over it. Yeah. How so? But I don't know. I don't
0: want to put words in his mouth. He, yeah, I've asked him to do the podcast like eight hundred times. I have to, and it's never going to work. Yeah, and I'm so sad about on, it. Yeah, I'm just going to send him a bunch of selfies of me like holding a Seth Morrison poster, and maybe he'll give I me it one day. I don't think he
2: cares to share. it. I don't
0: think he has anything nice to say. I don't think
1: he wants me or anyone to build a career off of his name.
0: I think that too. I feel. Do you feel That's, that way sometimes though? But when I you do. ask people, I feel that every time. I've I'm like, I don't want to be him. a snake. I feel it with all. I feel it with all, everybody I interview. I feel with you. I'm like, I feel like I'm, I mean, we're doing this together, right? Like it's for Mm -hmm. both of us. But at the same time, like a lot of, like from the beginning, I've been like, Please give me an interview. Uh, am I important enough to you? I promise I will share you and promote you in as positive of a never life as said I can. you never said any of that to me. I it, Not well, once. I know. But, Actually, s- but he still. says that to athletes. I oh. say that to athletes. I'm like, you're, yeah, you've never said that you're to you're me at, at ad- all. But like, <laughs> no, but seriously, like I think, okay, you're Mike Powell. You're going to promote this. This is beneficial for you. I might promote it. Maybe. Mm. Sometimes I do. Sometimes I don't. It just depends. I don't like
1: being self promoter, but I can promote my own stuff. But I hate like when I do uh, what. So I'll share my episodes every week, you know, because that's my job. Right. Like I have to tell people because if I don't, who's going to. But when I do stuff with other people, sometimes I feel weird about like, hey, look at me. Hey, look at me. Because that's what this is. Right. Like
0: that's what this whole show is sometimes,
1: though. But we are the people on the other side where it's not about us. But people want to get to know us a little bit. I use my intro and outro for people to get yeah. to know me a little bit and maybe a little of the podcast, but it's not about us. It's about our guests and people listen to us for our guests and hopefully we can extract great information from them. But yeah, I try to keep it you know, a little separate.
0: I do too. And I think you and I are very similar in that regard, maybe only like where we're like, okay, this isn't about you or I. I'm very distinctly aware of that at all times. Every person I interview, I'm like, I look at myself as the inferior person almost. And I'm like... You're doing, and maybe I am every time, but like I am, I'm looking at it like I'm just trying to make something help me, right? Like you might help me, and I feel like sometimes I think that's wrong, and sometimes I'm like I'm happy I approach it that way. So I don't know. How do you feel about it?
1: Well, I can't say I was a hundred percent listening to that question. <laughs> totally trying. <laughs>
2: oh my god. How do you feel about?
0: I don't even remember what was,
2: what was my question. Was Adams, long-winded. the moderator. Adam, it was all oh, question.
0: It's a sentence. That's how sentences are. I don't I know if you guys you went to a to school is, before. Is, do you ever but, feel
2: like you're like? Because the goal is to promote these athletes. Yeah, that's I, tra- I feel like animals. a slug. I guess but but that's what i was trying to say. Like using ideally a bigger all every athlete we interview is bigger than any of us, arguably.
1: No, they all have bigger audiences than us. But for us to tell their stories, people look to us to share stories of people and these athletes, um, especially in a pandemic time they needed ways to get their their name out there and the smart ones were almost having people email me i felt like like hey We should do a podcast. Now's the perfect time. I've got a lot of time because in that climate, like athletes were scared about getting dropped because what were they going to do? At first, people didn't know if outdoor sports were going to work out or not. So I do feel like, you know, the athletes do appreciate being on it now, given in the beginning, it was hard to get people. But I feel like, I mean, you as well, we've been around for a little bit and people have kind of heard of our names and they're more willing to do the show now. I have more people that are excited to do the show. Yeah. And when I get to inappropriate questions, this is like the staple of the end of my show. Uh, I get a lot of people excited, you know, like that I know that they know what it is. I don't even have to explain that. It's like, I'm going to have someone, you know, ask you three inappropriate questions. I don't even have to say that. I'm saying it for your audience so they yeah. can kind of get what it is. But yeah,
0: it's, uh, it's something. No, and I think that bit that is great. I actually like all the time. I'm like, I want to steal a thing. From somebody, like where I can just like, because I'm not creative enough to think of anything on my own. Um, but I want to steal a thing where I'm like, oh, can I ask them questions from other people? That's why I do the Instagram questions where like I can let like get, and there's some for you as well where guests ask you questions. But like, I don't know, it's fucking good. I don't know how you think of some of this stuff like for the podcast. So I guess that's the next thing. Like, I just want to talk about why you have a podcast. What's the point? Why did you start one?
1: I started one because I did a lot of live events. And when I say a lot of live events, like I'd be the guy like I did powder awards five years and Red Bull events and a bunch of different things. And my voice totally changed and I can talk like this. And we're sitting here in my attic talking about the podcast is going to be super fun. I'm going to drop in with an answer right now. And those things would change a little bit. And so I wanted to keep having an avenue to those events. So when I left K2 and went into another space, I was like, eventually I hated that space. And I thought, well, I want to keep doing these events. If I started a podcast, I know I'd be really good at it because I know all these people and I'm very good at talking, I believe. You know, I don't mean to be cocky or whatever, but I feel like I'm a pretty good talker. And that's really what's gotten me so far in life. And I'm going to start a podcast and I knew it was going to work. Like I have a cousin who does professional soccer and he goes to me, Hey, Mike, how long are you going to do this podcast before you're going to decide if it's a success or a failure? I'm like, dude, if it doesn't work in, like, a month, I'm quitting. And he, like, laughed at me, like, are you kidding me? He's like, dude, you have to give it longer than a month. I think he had a podcast as well for a soccer team. And I was like, dude, I know it's going to come out. I know I'm going to be really good at it. I'm going to get a lot of information about people out. And I know all these people. It's going to be great. And I'll know in a month. And sure as shit, like, it did really well with Powder right away. You know, That was was my favorite,
0: by the way. Like, that was the first ski podcast that I listened to and was like, I can do this, but, like, this is something I like. Like, I've listened to the other ones, and it was not the same for me, but that sponsored series was what did it for me because you were comfortable asking people that somebody like me looks up to as a kid, right? Like, these these athletes, you're comfortable asking them harder questions than just, like, hey, where did you grow up? And I thought that was cool. I mean, I've asked people about killing people. That's, Like, I mean, like, I don't give a fuck. Like, if it's part (laughs) of your story,
1: I'm going to tell the story, and I'm going to try to show you in the most positive light you know, I'm not going to throw you under the bus, although I did with John Spriggs. I kind of feel bad with how I handled that one. But <laughs> that's a learning process in itself. You know? Do you feel
0: bad? about? He didn't handle it well either. No, no, he
1: didn't handle it well. But I did send him the podcast. And I was like, hey, any changes you want to make, let me know. And he, didn't, he said, don't change a thing. So I'm happy in that respect. But I took a, a combative tone towards him where, given he did these things with yeah. whatever and whatever happened, but, and I didn't agree with it. And I don't know if he was proved guilty or not, but I took a like, you're the fucking piece of shit kind of attitude. And that's not right to, I guess, I don't feel like I handled that as well as I could have. Hmm. And
0: I could still be a dick about it, but I just, I think I was a little bit
1: too I much thought the, I
0: listened to the intro on that one, like where you did, where you talked about it in the episode intro beforehand. Yeah. And I was like, okay, like this is a weird approach to it, but I actually really respect that you were like, fuck you almost yeah like you were direct and i think there's not enough of that especially in skiing it's so much like yeah man how are you how you been whatever whatever you turn around and you're talking shit about the person there's too much of that and not enough like this is why i don't like it and i'm putting this episode out anyway right i did another domestic violence episode
2: (laughs) (laughs) kind of your thing now
1: no i did one other one and i think it went a lot better and i'll leave it at that (laughs) Do you... Sorry, Spriggs.
2: Yeah. What?
0: That's a good apology, I guess. That's a direct
2: That apology. was it. That was a direct That's of... it. That's the
0: best you can get. All right. Well, we'll clip that. We'll send it to him. I don't know. Um, what's changed for you, episode one, to what episode are you on now? Like, what's different? About I'm at
1: like 230 something. I am I was a hack editing when I started. Okay. I'm good Same. now. Same. That's yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. Same. You don't edit shit, dude. And that's what
0: I'm saying. Like, yeah. I'm I'm shit. Yeah, so no, there it's 160 changed. episodes and I'm shit, and I will be shit in 160. I, I don't change. And maybe that's the difference, I guess, but I don't
1: know. But I think it's just the knowledge of, like, yeah, how to tell the story, too, as well as, like, developing. Because all these guys are similar. How do you separate them? Everybody's got a unique story. You just have to figure out what it is. And there's certain methods of doing it. Is the method of you asking me how my life was in the beginning, the way you're going to uncover all those stories? Maybe. Yeah. But I go into it with, like, I'm going to know the story beforehand, right? and I'm going to be able to ask details that they're going to be like, how the hell do you know that detail? And I kind of, where you had told me, Adam X, I believe, yes, where you told me that you get excited when someone asks you to, to pull something at the end of an episode. I get excited when someone's like, holy shit, how do you even know that about me? Yeah. And I'd say in 235 episodes, I've probably had that 180 times. Yeah. And where people are just blown away. And it's because this is my job and I put a lot of time into research. And if I don't know you and I don't know your friends, well, I'm going to meet some of your friends. I'm
0: going to find out about you because that's what I do. Yeah. I yeah. think, so when I met you the first time, three, four years ago, whatever, and you were like, oh, I do like whatever. You said on some ungodly number, you're like, I do 69 hours of, ep- of research before every episode. No, but I
1: do like, it's a day or two of research. right? You know? like, yeah. Which is like...
0: But that's a lot. And I did none at that point, right? And yeah. I was like, okay, maybe I'll start doing a little bit, right? And then the next time I met you, you were like, yeah, I still do a ton of research, a ton of editing. And I'm like, okay, like, I guess it's a... And you phrased it to me, I don't know if you remember this or not, but you phrased it to me as a respect for the guest that's coming on. And oh, yeah. I was like, How they sound. I was like, okay, now I get it. I can do it for someone else. I just couldn't do it for myself. And that was like, that was big. And I appreciate that from you, I guess, as like an interviewer or an interviewer. Like, that's like, it was really nice to hear like, okay, this is a real reason that you can understand. Yeah. I mean, there's some people that come off like, I won't say idiots, but they say like,
1: just repetitive kind of catchphrases that's not good in their conversation Right. that you know a few hours of editing makes them sound like they don't have the and um and um and um yeah. all podcast you know because some people say and um 200 times like that's not foreign yeah. you know I mean you don't edit your podcast that much and when you do, you've got a guy that does them, which I'm envious of. Yeah, but you don't say, hear that over yeah. and
0: over because you probably you listen to your podcast. I black out during yeah. my podcast. I don't remember it at all. I nothing makes any sense afterwards. You could ask me what we just talked about, and and the same thing will happen tonight. Like I have no idea what we're gonna what we've just talked about or what we will talk about.
1: And, I'm I'm kind of in the same boat. Like I do know for a week that person, but then after that week, I'm on to like someone else. You know, it's like. I think Todd Laguerre is, or Todd Laguerre, that's how you say it. There you go. He's on, a, yeah, because I. Uh, that was my first question. It's like, <laughs> people must murder your name. <laughs> that's really the, for, the way I led the podcast out. Like He's you get Liger when Napoleon Dynamite came out. Um, but Todd Laguerre, because he said it's very phonetically spe- spelled and very easy to get, um, he was last week, and given, he's not dead to be by any means, because I love the guy and I don't really know him. I just said that because I've been drinking beer. Yeah. But... I'm on to Chris Inglesman, but I'm actually done with Chris Inglesman. I'm on to Skogan Sprang, and I've got yeah. like six more hours of Skogan Sprang, and then I'm on to Dan Egan again where we're going to talk about this. Like, have you ever – you know Dan Egan. He's from, yeah. like, Boston, dude. Yeah. This guy was on some trip to Russia – where like Insane. 36 people died and like what? he should have died that? dude it's in his book yeah his oh book you're is doing a the book hey, you're doing bug. the you're doing the book little thing plug. his book's right here he, he signed it to me, me and it. sent it to me and I read the whole thing it's a, a great book on ski history wow, I should have answered I'm, that email he literally like oh he's such a great guy he literally Damn. like crawled in a hole to like Oh, dude, Die. and his hole was, like, bad. Like, other people saw his <laughs> hole and they were like, we're going to go to a different hole because yeah. you're and building he, like, a hole like an idiot. He, he was, like,
2: saw a hand and was like, someone He was pulled him He up. was
1: like, if Adam, he was given way more talent than you in terms of, like, skiing <laughs> Not stuff. Even comparable. But, please don't, but, please
2: do not. Adam and Dan Egan, not even the same sentence. But in
1: terms of, like, the cockiness of, like... I understand how this works. Dan thought he knew what he was doing as, like, a 25-year-old, and yeah. he had no idea that everything he was doing was wrong other than his skiing and being an, an amazing athlete. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, other than the athlete part with you, like, I mean, not that you don't know anything of what you're doing. I'm um, just not being very nice, man. That's, I don't. Let's stop this That just ended? Right like,
0: that just ended. There wasn't yeah. even a point
1: there. That just no, ended. No, it's just <laughs> me being mean, and that's very rude, and I don't think you're not smart. So I think not both
2: of you were getting is... A while ago, years ago, Mike said to you, Adam, yeah. I do research because I'm not wasting their time.
0: Thank you, debate moderator. That was great, <laughs> actually. That's why you're here. Because you do a bunch of research so you can shine
2: light on them properly. And
0: I I guess I didn't understand yeah. it, right? Like, I feel like sometimes when you just meet someone and you're like, oh, you're fucking cool. Like, I wanted, initially when I started the podcast, I was like, I want to capture that experience. Like, when you meet somebody and you're like, oh, you've done this? What? You've done this? Like that feeling is what I wanted to go for. And I didn't feel like I was going to get that if I researched them ahead. I felt like I was going to be nervous if I researched them ahead. And that's because I wasn't used to talking to athletes. I wasn't used to dealing with people that I, you know, had put on a pedestal. Right. But you are. That's what your job was before. It's like you're dealing with people that maybe not put on a pedestal, but really like they're they're in the ski industry in a lot of ways. So I, I don't know, I guess that was kind of what clicked for me it was like all right this is a real reason to go and be like i'm doing this i should do it right like that was actually very beneficial i think to me i'm happy to help yeah that's am what... gonna help you some more
1: thank you here's some shisha yeah call it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> thank you for assisting my podcast career i really appreciate it you've done a lot no, to, to help me get to to, make to little... get to your attic
1: i tried to make the little differences that i could yeah. and uh, you know i feel like that tweaking has you know, done a lot since I can't really say I've listened to your podcast that much. Okay. I did listen to Dave Amaral's episode. Yeah, I was hoping you were to ask him about being gay and coming out. Yeah, but I don't think that happened.
0: Mm, I can't. I I you don't did. know. No, I
1: was. I did ask him. I think
2: you
0: were. Was I think I did.
1: Whenever I do one with Dave, I will talk to him about it. Because you, you should. Pretty big moment in his life. There's a lot of really things that you should
0: talk to Dave about, and I think you know them. And like, it's a conversation that's like, I, I think you should have because I've talked about it with Dave too. And I think like that. You guys really, because you guys know each other way better than I know. Yeah, them. we're not. We don't know each other that well, really. We know each other. But yeah, but I not wouldn't that, say well. that well.
1: I'd say you know. I mean, you know, I saw him at trade shows and events. I am going to get another one of these amazing pilsners. Would you like one? Yeah. I mean, I mean <laughs> so at this point, we've we've restocked our fluids. Yeah. And you're talking about reading me some guest questions. Yeah. You're giving Adam Adam X is giving other Adam, because I can't think of your last name right Jabba. now. Yeah, Adam J. Uh, a bunch of crap because Adam has to scroll through and find these questions and he's not prepared for it. Yep. So, Adam, we'll put you on the spot. How quick can you come up with a question?
0: Not quick at all. So, I, <laughs> I want to ask you about more K2 stuff, but I also want to ask you about the podcast. And I'm just like, I don't know, which one should I ask So, there's i'm not everybody here. gives me so much shit for ethan editing and not me editing but why would i do something that i know is not like i'm not good at and i'm not gonna do even yeah, if you keep saying like, i'm not, you're not gonna good do at it.
2: stuff you'll never be good no yet.
0: you keep saying this are like, we recording week, yet now we're recording all right so <laughs> we've <laughs> replenished
1: our fluids <laughs> and we're getting back to the podcast and Adam X is giving Adam J a whole bunch of shit because Adam J is not quick on pulling up these guest questions. And this is the second time we're recording this, so Adam could have actually had a minute and a half to actually pull up a question and be
0: ready for Can me I to the Can I tell you the secret? Can I tell you the secret? I went back and I looked and then I realized i never ever posted that you were actually coming on the show. So I don't have guest questions. Oh. I just have things that people said, oh, ask Powell, but it's like in texts and emails and personal conversations. So I think that counts. It doesn't count because I can't go pull it up because I don't know where the fuck it is. You know, like that's my, that's what I'm saying. Did you read So my the question, questions? what my question is. So I
1: don't get reader questions? This is bullshit. Like, you, <laughs> I came on this podcast. The only reason I came on. The only reason I cooked yes. meat on my Traeger grill, <laughs> the only reason I served up myself some of my great Pilsner, and the only reason I did any of this was for to guests. be able for to for do guest these questions. guest questions. For some kid to be like, I love Mike, how do I get
0: sponsored? So, yeah. so that's my question for you, Mike, is you're, you're the guy that reads these emails, You or you were the guy that reads these emails and reads all these things from people who want to get sponsored, I would assume, as a marketing person at k2 what do you look for in that like what does that mean like that's that's what my question is because that's the number one question we always get is how do i get sponsored how do i get
1: sponsored usually if you are better than everybody else it is very easy (laughs) and that's it. and that's kind of it i mean it's like you get a lot of videos that are good and then i live with schmies ryan schmies who's like because given i wasn't growing up a diehard skier my whole life who should be making all of these decisions I was making them on personality and then using my friends and the K2 team and other people to help decide, like, are these people worthy of being on the team? And, you know, like, then Schmise and I would, like, spend two hours one night going through the 30 Sponsor Me videos I got. And, like, you know, out of all of them that we got in terms of Sponsor Me videos, we sponsored Shaflin, which is funny because he sent in a Sponsor Me video. Uh, Burke Irving, who's, like, you know, killing it right now. And we sponsored him when he was, like, seven. Uh, Kelly Sildaru, Um That was a good pickup. Yep. Yeah, but then we they let her go when she started blowing up. So that really, actually, yeah. we just supported her when she it was didn't. like, it's crazy that we're paying, you know, because, like, when you were paying Michelle Parker and you had to make a decision, it was, like, Michelle or Kelly Sildaru at nine years old. Well, it's like, we're going to pick Kelly Sildaru and she's going to fucking take over. And she did, but they didn't keep her when she took over. But those people, like, you know, the Sean Pettits of the world, you when you start paying them at 9, 10 years old, you keep them forever yeah. if they're that talented. Yeah. And she was one of those that was that talented and driven by her parents, her, her dad, Tonis, who was like, I never actually met him in person. But I had photographers who worked with him who, like, came back was like, dude, that guy's like a slave driver. Hmm. But either way, like, his kids turned out to be, like, you know pretty good workhorses for him that like probably are earning some serious money yeah. for their skiing. I mean, yeah, no, and she's, she's probably kind of... only like 18 or 19 right now. I don't know if she's won golds or yet, but like
0: if she's healthy, yeah. she's always a threat for the podium, like the top. of Yeah. The podium. She's, she's killing it right now. I, yeah, it's funny. It's funny that like, this is, I don't know. Like it's, it's just interesting. And I guess one of the things I wanted to ask you specifically for me was like the Sean Pettit thing. It's like when you have a kid like that, and you think he's talented? Like, what do you even do? Like, I don't know. What you, What do you do with a kid that's, like, got skills and you're, like, he could be really big? Do you do you commit fully? Or was, like, Sean Pettit just, like, an anomaly and you were, like, I have to do this This I, kid? I didn't put him on
1: the program. Mike Goot did. Really? But, yeah. But Sean Pettit was one of those kids that, like, I mean, I met him very early on. And when you met him at, like, 9 or 10 years old, he seemed like a 15-year-old. Like, I remember we were, like, yeah. at some restaurant and it was, like, we were supposed, like, it was, like, an Indian restaurant or something. And I just didn't know what was going to be good at an Indian restaurant. And I was like, I don't even know what to order, man. And he's like, just go with the chicken satay, man. You can't go mm. wrong with that. And he's, like, a nine-year-old. I'm like, shut up, kid. And ordered something that was just horrible. And then he had the chicken satay. And I just looked over. I'm like, just, like, this kid gets it. And he, like, on another level at, like, nine years old. And he's always been way older than he seems. Yeah. Huh. Um, but I didn't sign him to the team by any means. I mean, there's, you know, there's... I did sign some people, but, like, a lot of those big names were on K2 before me. I just happened to work with them.
0: Yeah. It, yeah, that's crazy, man. It's it's so close, and you're so working so close with them, and it's just, I don't know, it's a very interesting job to me personally. It's a job I'd like to do, but like I told you, it's just not a job I think I could do. I mean, you're just paying people to
1: be your friends, and they also have to produce, mm. right? Like, you're, you're not paying them to be your friends, but you're paying them, so they're going to be your friends most likely. And if they are your friends, then it's going to work out better and they're going to produce more. But if it's a business relationship and you're not friends, then it's a little bit more rough. And I think K2 has always had – the brand has always had a very good connection with their athletes. And their athletes have always been very receptive to, like, this poster, putting on makeup and sitting for four hours because – can I show anyone cool.
0: this poster? Am I, I allowed? I yeah, you can do whatever you want, man. Okay, cool. I'm going to yeah, show people. Because I mean, otherwise, we pointed, pointed at it. Yeah, the, they pointed at the poster three it's times. Fair. So, like, I mean, yeah, it's, it's like, wait it a minute. never
1: wait. made it public. and never got to to do its time because it would have been a horrible thing. I mean, oh, K2 did get sued by Iron Maiden and eventually did an Iron Maiden ski that was licensed. But the Maiden AK in 2001 or two was something that Iron Maiden, they're like kiss, they sue people when they don't you use their image and likeness. Yeah. And they sued K two and they won. Evil Knievel did the same thing. He did it in like the late nineties with the stunt man, like the Brad Holmski. Really? Yeah. Huh. And once Evil Knievel called K two and was like somehow it got rooted to this guy, Todd Brocker, who's like You should have him on your podcast. He's like a legend in the ski industry who is just, like, he's amazing. And he's young and, like, he's just a rad dude. And Todd answers the phone. He's like, yeah, this is Brocker because he's got this unique voice. And he's like, hey, this is Evil Knievel. And he's like, yeah, whatever, man, and hung up. And, uh, (laughs) but eventually, yeah, K2 got sued by Evil.
2: Oh, my God. Was there anyone who was absolutely awful to work with?
1: A good question i like to ask answer. that as well no because I, I ask people to answer that as well but no but there's people you know to me the people that are awful to work with which doesn't mean they're awful are the people that are late the people that you know, waste anybody's time i can't think of people off the top of my head no but like if i were to you know if you were an athlete and you're yeah. going to be showing up 20 minutes 30 minutes late consistently and wasting people's time that to me would be yeah you know awful but at the same time i was always around and able to like manage it where i don't think anybody did that there were you know at some shoots i would say you know there were some athletes and one in particular that i remember i mean i'm not gonna say he wasn't a hard worker but like he would get his hard tricks pk Hunter or hunter got like some crazy tricks at this one shoot i was at but he got like his three tricks in the first like 15 minutes of the shoot and then he like sat down and was on his laptop for the next hour and a half and that kind of bummed me out Mm. you know i wasn't gonna say anything 'Cause like he got his tricks and we got some shots and that's yeah. all we needed. But like that bummed me out. But I mean it did, I mean, I don't know what's going on in his head and he's a hard worker and whatever and he had an like amazing style and all that stuff. So <laughs> but that did bum me out that one shoot. But no one ever really was awful to work with. What there about was from- awful situations. The worst situation I was in mm. was at an embassy suites. I was with some inline skaters and it's like two o'clock in the morning we check in after this demo where the skate park let us stay and skate they had this like rhythm section and they were skating till like one in the morning we get to the hotel check in and the one thing i say to the guys because the embassy suites are all the same like nothing goes over the railing all right and they're like yeah and so i go back and i get the back bedroom and they're gonna like have the front suite and do whatever they're gonna do i'm sure they're drinking a few beers or whatever and one of them goes over the railing and hotel security comes and we got kicked out at like three thirty in the morning and I had to get another hotel. I had to like go to the bathroom and like get rid of stuff. And like, cause <laughs> people are knocking on the door and I'm freaked out that I'm, we're all going to go to jail. I just look at the guy, we beeline it out to another hotel. And yeah, that really sucked. So, uh, <laughs> I will say the guys that are from Ohio that know that, um, that, that was hard. all their fault. Yeah, they threw something over a railing at an Embassy Suites from like the twelfth floor. When I told them not to, I was like, "Hey guys, one rule. It was one, the rule. one specific yeah. thing hey, to not do. Do whatever you want in here. If it smells, fine. If it breaks, almost fine. Just don't throw anything over the railing." And they did
2: it,
0: you know. And I've always wanted to, you know. Like you look over those railings. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm not mad
2: at them for yeah. it. Yeah. Oh
0: God. Uh, do you have anyone from this side of the table that you're like? fuck that was terrible to deal with like a sponsor that you've worked with or a company that you've declined and you're like this relationship but what i guess not even specifically a name but like what irks you about it about what like about like what do people do on the sponsor side that you're like fuck you like the people that used to be in your seat what do they do when you're like for me like and we talked about this earlier it's when they don't answer emails like if you just don't respond and I know you already, I get annoyed. Like I'm just like, yeah, tell me. Fucking no. tell me that I'm a piece of shit and say no. That's enough. I'm totally fine with accepting that. So I guess I'm asking, what's what is it that bothers you?
1: I guess when a sponsor leaves, because I'm kind of confused to why. But it seems like if a sponsor leaves in the same category, I'm always able to replace them with another person in the same category very quickly. But it is frustrating when someone leaves because I don't get why because I know I'm, like, delivering a certain amount of numbers. Hmm. And I have, you know, my pricing's fair. And I've been delivering the numbers. It shows a return when they do codes. But I've had some people pull out. And I feel like sometimes it's been based on personal relationships. And that's unfortunate. So I've had sponsors, switches just because... Just because, you know.
0: Just because they're like, I you know, don't like You know, there were people I anymore. used to give
1: skis to that I didn't give skis to forever. And I feel like when they became my boss in the sponsor podcast relationship, eventually I wasn't sponsored by them anymore. And I moved somewhere else and I'm fine. And it's all better. But for, I believe it was something, you know, I believe that had something to, you know, I just feel like I've lost sponsors based on not personal relationships, more business decisions that I made while I was at K2. That I still believed in. You know? mm. So, but yeah, whatever. It's hard for people think, to
2: separate that. Yeah, I think that's just nature of the beast. Yeah, 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 totally. For with your what your role was and how long you were there, you can't make everyone happy, right? Like, even if you were doing the right thing, maybe you were doing the wrong thing. But, like, business is business. Like, they're horses. That's but this just...
1: guy was justifiably, well, I should have given him the two skis a year at that point in life because that's all it was worth. And when he became in the position of being able to tell me that they wanted to continue with the sponsorship after three years, he could have very well been like, oh, Mike used to kept giving me skis. And I got skis till Mike left. And I think I would have still been on their program. But that didn't happen. So I'm on a different program. And you know what? It's all right. Because I got on a different program really quick. And I'm happy with that. Hmm. Yeah. So I guess that's frustrating. But I really have no problems with sponsors with the podcast. You know? No one asks me to tell them what to do with ads. I tell them to send me a few bullets. I'll send you a couple versions of an ad and you're going to like it. And then if they don't, I'll change it. But no one's ever asked me to change it. Yeah. Unless I say something wrong, which I have done a couple times and based on people's technologies. But,
0: you know, whatever. I usually run. Even if I say it wrong, I run it anyway. And then I just give them an extra one. well i don't give anybody anything yeah i feel like
1: it's a a, a business you know it's like you know we're working together and i like these brands you hear me promoting these brands as much as i can you know in these little even now yeah yeah i mean i might as well and i believe in all the products i work with you know like every brand i work with is rad and i don't you know i mean you know i i don't even think it's debatable like they're all like cool brands that i like yeah
0: i think that's that's important for me too do you well, find yourself... I mean, we've
2: talked about that, Adam. Yeah.
0: So is it really, though? For the right price, it's not. Do you
2: find yourself saying no? I, yes, process? I say no
0: to <sighs>
1: CBD. I say no to I think there's non-alcoholic stuff. Like, yeah, I mean, I, it's like, you know, I've had non-alcoholic alcohol and beer brands ask me to do stuff. And it's like, I drink beer. I love Tan Barrel. I'm not going to do yours. And then CBD, it's like, given I do use some, but... It's not something I totally believe in. I don't even know if it works.
0: I don't know if it works either. But like at it does make time. me
1: mentally feel like it might feel like my knee or my shoulder feels a little better. Yeah. But but then
0: arguably it works. I'm. A, it I'm does arguably work. I think. But
1: arguably, I'm a much bigger fan of the other all consonant version of <laughs> that product, which I guess are all all consonants. But either way, I like the THC version. Is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. For people that didn't know what consonants people, or God. whatever it were. Yeah. <laughs> I think this Ballast,
2: is, <laughs> they
0: call them. I think yeah, people no, caught it. I don't know. Maybe they did. Maybe they didn't. I'm Adam. Didn't catch it. I did. It's absolutely We're talking about marijuana. But I mean, it's fine. We don't need don't to continue that. it. I no, did. we're allowed to talk about it. It's totally it's legal, legal in, the in state. both states. My state and his state. What's yeah. what's wrong with it? Just Medical because in New York, yeah. I think. Well, fair enough. Okay, okay, so
1: th- give me some more user questions since th- you're so prepared. i have a question. Uh,
2: yeah, I'm a user. What's with yeah. your bad <laughs> What's with your bad shirt gimmick? Was it intentional? Maybe you don't even know you have a bad shirt gimmick, but you do. Oh, I, <laughs> I I love it. Like, it's, like, my favorite. Like, you'll show up to, like, somewhere, like, uh, you've emceed a billion events. And, like, you'll be, like, the MC in, like, a Miley Cyrus t-shirt. I, I
1: love that you asked this question. There is a specific reason. There was a time in my life at, like, probably 26 years old where I looked at myself and I looked at my socks and I had, like, Four K2 logos on each sock. And then my belt was a studded belt, but the studs were all K2 logos. That was cool. So that was like a hun- another 120 logos. Then I had like a K2 t-shirt with like four logos. Then I had a hat with like three logos. And I looked at myself in the mirror one day. I'm like, I am a walking logo. I am never going to wear a K2 shirt again. I was a single guy who had nothing better to spend his money on than... Random stuff on eBay that I didn't even remember ordering at night. It seemed like like, you know, what, like you say Miley Cyrus, like I I don't think I have a Miley Cyrus, but I do have like five Weird Al Yankovic shirts, like five Cher shirts, lots of Britney, lots of like Elton, like a ton of different stuff back when people weren't getting them. So they were all like eight bucks a piece. And I wouldn't remember ordering them. Almost like the next day I'd come home, or two days, you know, I'd come home to like four bags on my doorstep of like <laughs> rad t-shirts. And I have like 350 awesome t-shirts for my kid to rock, and he is going to be like the king. Although I don't think he likes all the shirts right now. Oh my! Well, but not like, understand the value. Yeah, I it's don't like they are the so value. awesome. I'm and I'm so wearing confused. a free shirt today. Because freeze is coming back, he, baby. Just because they sent me a shirt and I, whatever, and it's like we we're doing a ski podcast and I saw my free shirt. I'm gonna I'm gonna wear my free shirt. But yes, I usually wear random stupid t-shirts. But it's not for events. It's every day. I have so many that it's not for events.
2: So it's a full time gimmick. Every day. It's not even it's a not gimmick. gimmick. It's kind of it's life. But it's then life. now, but I'm now, envious of it. I love it.
1: So my wife was like, she was gonna wear some like floral dress that she had in Hawaii and she's like I can't wear this dress tonight I'm like why and she's like because you're wearing that crazy shirt I'm like what do you mean that crazy shirt and it's like Hulk Hogan flexing (laughs) and uh, (laughs) uh, you know from like 1984 I'm like what do you mean this is an awesome shirt it's not crazy she's like everyone's gonna be looking at your shirt and then I'm wearing this it just won't work and I was like I don't even know what that means but then I looked at my other shirts I'm like well I guess all of the shirts I have here are crazy I'm like I have nothing normal except for like one Seahawks shirt and everything else is like just random pop culture stuff that I think... I have a lot of, like, military funny stuff that's probably not very PC anymore. But they put it on t-shirts and I bought it.
2: I love it. I don't know if you've ever talked about... Like, I noticed it. I've always noticed it. I had I'm no big, idea. I mean,
1: I'm, I'm thrilled that you noticed that. I mean, that was like... I guess would be my shtick at some point, but then became, like, me. And now it's kind of... I'm, like, half and half because I realize that people look at me more when I look dumb. And I used to think Is it was great to look dumb. Well... No, I just... I don't know. Back then... I didn't realize it back then, so I just thought it was funny to look stupid. And that was back when I was, like, long hair and just, you know, I was just, like, a a piece of work compared to what I look like. Now I'm a lot more clean cut. I
2: loved it because it was, like, here's somebody in, like, a professional position who's, like... Obviously, they, like, hired him to be, like, the MC or the face of that event or whatever. I mean, you said you did it every day. But it was, like... I didn't look at it as disrespect. I just like, this is who I am. And I always loved that because people change for their jobs and their roles. And it seemed like you never did.
1: No, no. And I always worked at a company that, you know, never really made me change. Given the last year of work, I did have to buy a pair of dress shoes that gave me blisters and like khaki pants that I had to have for like certain meetings. But I mean, I, I took, I sucked that up for money. Because I, I made more than I did before, but then I hated that place. As I said, I don't know if I mentioned it earlier, but the owner of that company was a horrible, miserable person that I hope terrible things happen to. To this day, I don't want anything terrible, terrible to happen, but I do.
2: <laughs> if you send me his email address, I will email. I'll it's a her, her. It's a her.
1: her. He her I'm not afraid that. to work for a woman by yeah. any yeah. means. So, yeah. She
0: was just a terrible woman. He's not afraid to hate her either. No,
2: huh. you got hate in your heart. You got to let it out sometimes.
0: Yeah, you know. But you I
2: let, let it do. out every day. I mean, it is what it is, man. Like.
1: What's our next user question? Next user question. You're a is, user.
0: It, <laughs> I, I want to know, or this person that is asking the question wants to know, what what's the episode that you look back on? If somebody was like, show me an episode of your podcast, what do you pull out? Because I know which one well, i pull out. Well, now everybody
1: really likes Rory Bushfield. And that was like a that month ago. That guy's the shit, man. Is, that his guy's episodes so are amazing, fucking cool.
0: And his life is, he's the closest,
1: I feel like to McConkie that I've met or interviewed and just the the spirit of the way that he lives yeah he just like doesn't give a fuck you know it's amazing you know and you know where maybe McConkie was more commercial and making sure that like he had all these deals in place where he doesn't seem like that way I don't think he cares at all no 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 but he just like he just lives you know like he's pretty an amazing like human being and I think that he came out off that way in the podcast and people really appreciated that so I would say that would be the one to listen to Um, but I mean, I feel like they're all good and I'm not just saying that and I feel like everybody's got a different story even though they all could be similar they're not because i kind of look and create a different story with everyone based on what their lives and times are i just figure out that story with them but there's a couple that aren't that great you know i feel like tom sharr he was 18 when i interviewed him and he hadn't done anything in his life other than win contests but that's not exciting to talk about oh you won this contest and that contest and that contest and you've experienced nothing but playing video games and winning aldis and we talked about that but i made that a 29 minute podcast um I kind of lost the reins on the Mode Raymond podcast. I was kind of...
0: She seems like a hard interview.
1: I mean, I wouldn't say... She just didn't answer any of the questions I asked her. And she talked
0: the whole time. She won't even answer me. And I think this is funny to talk about because Warner... She did an interview with Warner and I think it's one of his best interviews ever. He was so calm. He was collected. He was like... It was a solid interview and there was good questions. With me? Like, I can't even get a response, and then she, I'm hearing this from you. I don't know. It's I mean,
1: just- and I know her and her brother, and she should do it with me. I was, She just really didn't – she just had her direction. She wanted to go with things and didn't answer my questions, and it was frustrating. But whatever. It edited okay, and it was a fine podcast. But I would say her and Tom Shar are the ones that I wouldn't tell people to listen to. All the other ones, I'd say, listen to it and you'll think they're great. If you listen Hmm. to my first 100, I'm sure the editing is
0: kind of butchery, but the questions and everything are good. Hmm. And that's the skill you think you've developed the most over time, is just the the ability to edit by yourself and do this. I've always been able to talk. I've always
1: been able to extract information from people and make people comfortable around me. And I've never been able to edit audio because I've never tried. So that was the thing I needed to develop. And five years later, I think they sound good, but... I mean, I probably should go back and re-edit the first few, so people who listen to episode one...
0: Do people do that?
1: Like, do I don't know, do a lot? but, I, I mean, Jeremy either. Jones is my episode one. I'm sure people no, do listen you, to fuck you, dude. Know? My episode one is, like, some... Yeah.
0: I don't even know who my episode one is. I know me. people,
1: Adam. Yeah, it's crazy. I guess, stuff. and he was th- one I didn't even know. That's but insane. But I was like, I should like... go with Jeremy Jones when I knew, like, Plake and all these other people that probably would have been better first interviews for me that I knew. Yeah. I just went for, like, the hardest dude that I thought would have the broadest audience. Yeah. But I found that snowboarding compared to skiing in terms of my podcast
0: gets a fraction of the numbers that skiing gets. So what? Okay, on that topic, what do you think about shows like The Bombhole, right? Like they're, they're doing really well right now, and I think they're doing a great job with that format. I think the editing is great. The YouTube is really solid. What do you think about shows like that then? Because I think they must be doing well. They, they've got to be killing it. I I they've got to be. Yeah. I think
2: so too. I think snowboarding's been just. I think it's a different interview. It's but this type just, of like the air just, horn.
0: When I think of the Bombhole, I just think of the air horn, and I think that that thing is fucking it. I mean, those dudes are great like for conversation
1: lists, and they do they do a very good job, and they're well-researched, and they understand their guests, and given I haven't listened to much of them, but it's also a video component, you know, I, mean, yeah. I think that's a much different thing than what we do, you know, where it's just audio, and I don't know what their audio numbers are, I'm sure their videos are killing it, you know, I mean, they I think are. that's, yeah. you know, that's where they probably get the
0: majority of their stuff, it's through visual, but they probably do, I mean, I don't know, but they're, I think they're great. Yeah. I, do you have that in you at all? I remember talking to, not to keep bringing Mark up. I can't believe I'm bringing Mark up again. But the first time I talked to him on, when I had him on my show, he was like, I, in the beginning, I hated you because you were another podcast. Like, I really didn't like, did you have that early on? I put on Chris other- on
1: my show right when he came out. And I was like, hey, I'll promote your show. I'm a fan of everybody, you know, and I want to get people that are better than me, especially. Yeah. On the show, you know, like if, You know, I just feel like that's kind of, he was blowing up and I was like, I'm going to make sure that guy's on the show as well. But he's, you know, a pro as well. No, I I wish everybody luck and I would help any, you know, I was talking to, you know, I kind of emailed with those guys about kind of what they were doing in the beginning. I have no problems helping anybody, you know, like yourself included and anybody. I don't care. I feel like, you know, it's not going to hurt me people like me they like me and they listen every week and if not they're they're not but i know my guest list is going to be better than you know i don't want to say yours it's hammers every week it's it's hammers
0: every i can't like you're in the right like dude i've got a little sweet spot right now. you got the connections you're you're killing it and people know you dude you have a reputation where they're like this guy is he knows how to do shit he knows how to get shit done right and i think that's important when you're doing a podcast i don't even like hit most people up you're organized. You're methodical. You have this stuff set up ahead of time. You treat it like a job, and I respect the shit out of that. Yeah. I mean, that's
1: kind of how it goes. And it's in my genes. Like I said, my uncle is pro basketball. My yeah. cousin's pro soccer. And I grew up with just broadcasting in You've my genes. You've got a good voice for it. Yeah. It's, and I, it might not even be the voice as much. Like, I don't have that great, deep voice. Mine's fine. But I have, like, the timing and cadence that works and is, is yeah. I feel like. And that's... I won't say learned it's just kind of ingrained and in i was always around it you know yeah. like i'd go and i remember when i was younger i was like in the bullets locker room when the wizards were the bullets like they had minute bowl and they, yeah there's a siren here um they had minute bowl and they had mugsy bogues so like one dude that was seven foot seven and one dude that was five foot three and i'm like nine or ten years old in a locker room with all of them naked which is super weird for a 9 or 10 years old person, and I just felt like I should say that. And I believe they were all hung like resources, but I don't really remember, so whatever. But I've seen Manute Bull's penis, is what I'm trying to say, as a young boy. And Mugsy's. The question is, whose was bigger? I'm going to guess that Manute's was almost the size of Muggsy, but I'm not sure. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that was great um do you have any other questions for him i think dude mom's calling my mom is calling let's answer right it right tell, now we're not no, answering okay. this right now no chance i don't know He's why a I, wuss. I am a wuss i'm well, a, we don't want to talk to your mom right no now. chance we don't want to talk to my mom right now um mike where can people find your show where can people find you on the internet on youtube on any of these things um where is the powell movement available i believe it's on every place
1: that you can find podcasts it's even on youtube with like a a static image that's not very exciting, but if you try to watch stuff on YouTube, you could watch my listen, which is on YouTube because you won't really see anything other than my logo. But also every platform, right? Like, where do people listen? iTunes, Spotify, other places. Spotify, wherever they listen, I'm there. And then I'm on Instagram at the Powell Movement. How many followers are you at? I'm almost at ten thousand. Who's it's gonna like, win though? Me or you? Who's yeah, gonna win? Right? Who's getting I've the first? I've been almost at ten thousand for like. A year. I haven't been. I got the 9,100
0: last week. We're yeah. coming in hot.
1: Yeah, you're going to win because I am like, I've just been at like 92 to 94 because I get people unfollowing me all the time. I
0: do too. I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. It's because when I post the pictures of my face, we lose like five followers. It's Whenever crazy.
1: I lose a follower that I follow as well, I unfollow them back. Oh, so smite. I hope they know Thanks. that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: And I do White it right star.
1: away. Right when I see it, I'm like, that is pfft. That is his, that's
0: his favorite personality trait, is spite. Like, yeah. it's if you have hate for somebody for a I just reason. I think people
2: need to... I don't love hate. I'm putting it on the record. I do not love that's hate. That's okay. At least you love something. But I think people just need to say things they want to say. Because everyone bottles up all their mad... Their hatred. And then they're actually mad. Versus if you just call things what they are. Or if you want to be a little <laughs> spiteful, that's okay. You unfollow me, I unfollow you. It's that simple. Bubblegum. No. Oh, you
1: want
0: this yeah. little pen thing? Yeah. The, my, I need to write a note down for later. And your mom um, called. <laughs> All right. Um, thank you, Mike. I appreciate it. Oh, for the pen? No yeah, problem. That's great. <laughs> and, the
1: and, and the podcast. And the podcast. Podcast, podcast is I feel great. like we made a little magic here tonight. And just I, in a little, little hot little room that I have. It
2: is warm in here. You should
1: imagine when it's 90 degrees outside <sighs> and I have to have the air conditioner off. I usually walk out of here after an hour and a half. Just completely dripping in sweat, and it is disgusting. But you know what? It's part of the game. I put out an hour show just, every week, just like yourself, and put the fucking air conditioning on, and then send it to Ethan. Ethan will edit it, in, and then I'll send it, it back to no, you. No, <laughs> you can't get that out. I'm a, I'm a wizard as well. You can't get the air conditioner out of there. I don't know. And if you do, the filter would really mess with your voice. I feel a little bit. But. I've taken five and a half years of really taking this editing thing seriously. While you've been sitting back, sending stuff to Ethan and directing him, I have been learning a program that is totally insignificant to anyone, Audacity. (laughs) But I know it pretty much in and out, and it works really well for my podcast. And for the amount that I do remote with no ever visual that are like just audio, they sound really good, I feel like. They do. Your
2: audio is the best, man. I would assume you would be in a studio. I mean this what what do you think this is? This is a studio. Think this is my hey, attic?
1: What the fuck are you talking hey, about? This is my studio. You
2: said you do them over the phone as well.
0: No, no, he doesn't even do them with video. That's what's crazy to me is yeah, I need to at least see someone's mouth moving a lot of times, but like I guess the point about the audio being better must be real. Like that's crazy.
1: I mean, I just have always done it that Sorry, way and I just going. don't need it, you know? I feel like it's almost a challenge. But I know that in person and seeing people it's better. It's easier, but I've always kind of had in my head that it would hurt the audio. And I've never, yeah, whatever. How much
2: time do you spend editing?
1: I used to spend a lot more than I do now. I mean, you know, depending on the episode and how people speak, you know, anywhere between four and six hours. I would Fuck. say. Fuck. I got about oh, ten I'm minutes. I'm never right? editing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, people say "ahms" and "ahs," and I feel like I should uh, it's a yeah. respect to my guest. To Make them not sound stupid. Uh, now you're making us this sound This is better. how he's gonna make me edit. Like well, this is how he's gonna. Make I want me them to sound editor. great and them to be proud of how they sound on the podcast. And no, be like, you're, oh, you're I'm a, And sometimes people will be like, "Oh, I sounded really good there." I'm like, "Let me tell you, here are the words that you need to remove from your vocabulary, like the <laughs> and like and the um this." I'm like, "That was really a bane to my existence." So that you got to work on that. But like, yeah, you sound good other than the six hours I put in. <laughs> And given, you know, i put a little work on myself, but I've gotten way better. You know, it's like for me, it's...
2: But you do it every week. It's just... Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. That's how it goes. (laughs) Thanks, Mike.
0: Yeah. Oh, you're welcome. Is that it? Yeah, that's it. You're free. That was episode number 160-something with Mike Powell. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Dude's awesome. Uh, Be his friend by listening to his podcast. Um, Pay attention to the stuff he puts out on social. I don't know. Do the ski industry is solid and support all the shows that are out there. I think that's it's one of the things that I think is most important about media. Supporting media. It's like if you enjoy it, interact with it, show that you care because it's really hard to keep doing this sometimes. Like it's it's a lot of work. I mean, maybe less for me. I know it's less for me than a lot of guys. So um, I I uh, feel very lucky for that, and uh, I appreciate it. The more people share, not just our content, but Mike's content, and. Market Low Pressures content and Weird Foothill Guy and and everybody in the industry. I think we should all be friends. So um, talk to you guys next week. Bye.